This is Melissa Lockard with Alex Coffee from the Steamheads, a show about the Oakland A's. The revised 2020 MLB schedule came out last week, and we've had a little chance to digest it now, and it's kind of time to take a look and see, you know, what are some of the games that are going to be the sort of turning points for this season? Obviously, we can't know for sure when those are going to be, but there's certainly a few things that jump out uh, from this new revised calendar that uh, are going to be notable as they go into it. And I think, you know, the first one is right off the bat, of course, they're going to be facing the Angels for four games at the Coliseum, and that's obviously always a tough one. Way to start a season whenever you're pitching just trying to ease in there and all of a sudden you got Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon and uh, Shohei Otani to, to kind of deal with so that'll be a big test and then that's followed by uh, two games against Colorado which is obviously not a team that they sort of the A's traditionally face off on but it's certainly a, a team with quite a few talented hitters so they'll get a bit of a kind of baptism by fire as the season opens up. I think that there's still a chance that Trout might opt out, right? So maybe they can, maybe they'll be spared (laughs) from, from having to face him and to kick off things. But yeah, I guess time will tell. We'll see. (laughs) It's funny. I mean, I I remember for years, the A's always opened against King Felix in Seattle. It seemed like it was like every single year, it was always going to be King Felix. It was always going to be in Seattle. And it was always going to be an automatic loss because who beats King Felix in Seattle? And it always just seemed like, this was such a bummer of a way to start a season. And then the, the last few years, it's been these matchups against the Angels and been a bit more success. They've won a few more of those than they were uh, doing very well against King Felix. But it certainly gets your uh, reminder very quickly about the talent of the league when you're facing literally like the premier pitcher or the premier hitter like you are in Mike Trout right off the bat. Well, King Felix uh, opted out too. So I, I know that the A's weren't ever going to play the Braves for their home opener. or at all, but I'm sure that they're comforted by the fact that they don't have to see him this season. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's amazing. Even at his sort of diminished capacity last year in terms of his pitching ability, he still had a a way of getting through the A's lineup and and, uh, I don't know if it was pixie dust or what, but he's like a magician out there. So it it, it definitely would have been jarring to see him out on the the mound in a different uniform than, than the Mariners. I guess we'll wait for next year to see that. I feel like he's pretty much synonymous in my mind with that organization. So definitely be a bizarre thing to behold. Yeah, like when Ichiro started showing up on different teams, it was definitely it was definitely a, a look that, that took a while to get used to. But yeah, I mean, this schedule is, is, you know, it's obviously completely different than anything they've ever seen before. You're only facing teams in the American League and National League West, Western divisions. They're facing a lot more National League ratio-wise to their season than they ever would normally. But, you know, having such a concentration against Houston and, and the Angels, which are obviously um, their two biggest competitors for the division title, but also two very talented teams. But then getting seven of those 10 games for each of those at home, as opposed to the road, I thought presented the A's with a, a bit of an advantage. But interestingly, in, in talking to Bob Melvin last week, he didn't really seem to think home field advantage would give much advantage at all for any team this year. Uh, he, he sort of felt like fan kind of participation and and the energy that you get from your crowd is really what sort of makes home field advantage home field advantage. And without fans there, he didn't really see that there would be much to that. So, you know, one of my little thoughts on on what would give them an advantage in this this schedule is sort of taken out from under me. But, you know, I'm sure there's there's still probably some benefit to being in your own clubhouse and to being out on the road. Yeah. And I mean, if you get into extra innings, you know, that presents an advantage if you're the home team. I feel like, generally speaking, he's probably right without fans. 
especially in the Astros case, like we all knew that that was going to be, uh, it was going to be loud. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And those signs were going to be amazing. I, I hope the bleacher folks still hang on to those and bring them back next year. Just well, my cause... question is like with these cutouts that they're selling, you know, for the Coliseum, you know, are we going to see some like Astros themed, like is AJ Hinch going to be, you know, in the, I don't know, in the bleacher seats or something like that? Like what are they, <laughs> what are, I feel like this is a very creative fan base. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how they go about it. Yeah. There were some guidelines on what couldn't be on there. I think, uh, you know, swear words and other things were, were sort of, but you're right. I mean, there, there are certain other things that probably could pop up that would be quite funny. And I could see maybe some of the uh, broadcast folks like Dallas Braden getting in on it a little bit as well. I, I'm still waiting for the first fan cutout interview of the season <laughs> where they go in mid-inning and, and ask the cutout how they felt about a particular thing happening. So one of the other things I thought that was really funny that, that Melvin brought up was this idea of playing in an empty stadium and what they're going to be able to hear. And, and he's, you know, saying they're, they're probably going to be able to hear the other team's dugout. And he was anticipating perhaps there'd be some chanting the way that he used to have when he played Pac-10 Pac baseball back in the day with Cal. So, or maybe it was Pac-8. I don't, I don't want to, I know there's a changing number there with it. <laughs> it <is. laughs> with, with it. They should have just been like the Big Ten and been infinitely big, but only called themselves one thing. But anyway, I mean, I, I'm just imagining like rookie of the year where there are people People are yelling out about belly itchers, and, and this season could really present some very unique uh, aspects to that. But one thing that I think will be a, a kind of a test, if there is a kind of gauntlet section of this schedule, it, you know, to the extent that you can have one in, in a 60-game schedule, there's that mid to late August run, which starts on August 14th at San Francisco for three, and then they go to Arizona for two, and then return home to play Arizona for two, and I don't quite understand the logic of that, but, and then they play the Angels for three, then they go to Texas for four, and Houston for, for three before they finally have another off day. Just the logistics of that is going to be difficult enough, but also just the stamina of having that many games in a row without an off day. If there's any test to the depth of what you're going to be able to throw out there in a weird season like this from a roster perspective, I think that'll probably be the biggest test to it. No, I agree. And I think another thing to consider, and we've mentioned this a few times, is just what club we're going to see, right? Like how quickly they heat up and are we going to see first half A's, second half A's? And that's kind of like the middle point of the season. I feel like it could either, it could go like one of two ways. It could either prolong like a slow start or I was thinking about that, you know, if, it, if they end up starting slow, like how that stretch, you said 17 games without a, an off day would affect them. Yeah. And the other thing to keep in mind is that August 31st, which is an off day, is that uh, that one off day that they get in that stretch is also technically the trade deadline. So who knows if there's actually going to be trades. I think the fact that, you know, there was a lot of talk about teams leaving a lot of spots on their 60-man pool open so they could make a little bit more flexibility with trades and things. And it really doesn't look like teams are doing that. They seem to be kind of getting up to or at that 60 game uh, player pool um, as this summer camp has moved into its first couple of weeks. But so maybe that's an indication that teams don't really anticipate they're going to be doing a whole lot of trading. But if there is any trades, it, it'll be interesting that it would come after that long stretch without an off day, then there's an off day trades, and then you jump back in and they've got another stretch that goes from September 1st until September 13th until they get another off day. Then oddly, they have two games in Colorado and then another off day after that on the 17th. So, you know, baseball is, is 
is a rhythm sport, right? Like you kind of know, oh, it's seven o'clock on a, on a Monday. I, there's going to be a night game to watch. Oh, it's a Thursday. So half the league will be playing and half of them won't. And, and there's no rhythm to how this schedule is sort of put together. So that's going to feel a, a little bit weird as well. Obviously, you don't have to worry about when you're going to be at the ballpark if you're a fan, but still, it's it's a different way to sort of go about a season because in you know you can't just close your eyes and know exactly when the game is going to be going on. Yeah, no, that's true. I think it's definitely going to be challenging for them to get in any sort of a rhythm. But yeah, and then another part of this too is you know just the sheer amount that they're going to be traveling. Um, I believe that their fourth highest in MLB will travel 11,363 miles a season. But then three of the other teams in their division, the Rangers, the Astros, and the Mariners are going to travel more. So it's like, I don't know, <laughs> like how that's going to impact them. So that's another thing to point out. Yeah, I think one of the other interesting parts was, um, I think on that list, Milwaukee had like 3,000 miles. They yeah, were the geez. least traveled oh. of the teams, which, that's wow. um, <laughs> you know, maybe they'll take a bus and just sort of bus them everywhere. I like it's a minor league team, but um, it's going to be interesting. And then the season concludes, you know, they, they finish off with, there's a three-game road trip to face the Dodgers, September 22nd through the 24th, and they return home, and they finish the season at home against Seattle. Oddly, since they've not been facing Seattle at the start of the season lately, they seem to be finishing seasons against Seattle. And it seems likely most pennant races are going to come down to those last couple of days of the season. So, you know, you're looking at a, a three-game stretch at the Coliseum against the Mariners that could turn out to be, you know, the difference between whether they make the postseason or not. I honestly feel like it's impossible to predict how any team like in a 60 game stretch, like how any team will perform. I know that the Mariners, was it last season that they started like 11 and three or something like that? You know, you put that into a <laughs> 60 game format and it seems like a much bigger deal. But, you know, I feel like generally speaking, end, ending the season facing Seattle to end the season is probably a good thing for the, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that's probably a benefit for <laughs> benefit for the A's, especially if they're competing for a wild card spot or, you know, the top of the division. All right. Well, I'm expecting the Mariners to put that on a T-shirt and uh, and wear it as motivation yeah, for the season. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That's by all means. Use it. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We'll be back again next week. <laughs>